action. Welcome to the Mary's Mentors podcast. My name is Mary Rose. And I'm Mary Letitia. And, oh God, okay. <laughs> Unsnap. All right. I don't even look at my own outline. This is how much of an improv person I am. <laughs> but I will improvise all of it. I'm not even cutting this part out. This will be hilarious. It's I outline our... <laughs> outline the episode and then I don't follow my own script. I'm the worst. All right. So our show is called Mary's Mentors Podcast. Uh, We'd like to welcome you to our second episode. Um, We introduced ourselves and I am sitting currently um, in Zoom with Mary and thinking about what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm very excited because sometimes when you have those topics that pop up and just kind of send a little chill down your old spine. It's like a good sign that it's going to be a good conversation. Um, so take it away, sweet pea. <laughs> All right. So, um, am I right here? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the Mary's mentor show, um, is really about women in business, um, and how, like and what they're doing in business. We also like to touch on things like human design um, and other other awesome tools that we've found to help women in business. So what's exactly. been going on this week, Mary Rose? Oh, well, this week is, you know, we are in that weird period of time. Oh, let me, weird period of time between the electoral college count and the inauguration Um, it's 2021. This feels like just the, it's very weird time to be living in, but I'm very, very grateful to be able to be spending it with people that I care about, like Mary every single day, Monday through Friday. Um, yeah, I've just been, last night I watched an episode of the very first episode of the second season of a show that is based on the books that are my favorite books in the world, which is a discovery of witches by Deborah Harkness. They did a whole series on like a Australian or English, you know, one of those, uh, not a U United States Netflix um, type series. So there's maybe a little bit more mm, risque, but I, 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 what I like about BBC and stuff is that it's a little bit more risque. Um, it's so good. So, so good. So excited to keep watching it. They're not releasing them all at once. It's once a week. So it's kind of like the good old days when you could build some anticipation. And how, I hate that. I know. I hate it too. I I'm hate good. it so much. I have to go back and watch the, the first season, but I really have to, um, I have to finish reading the book. I haven't been reading lately. So this week's been crazy for me. I've been training a new employee um, at Yellow Cab. So um, I haven't gotten a lot of the, my usual um, self-listening um, time. So I haven't, I haven't listened to a single book this week, which makes me feel real bad. I'll get to that this afternoon. And um, the podcasts, the, the few that I've got to listen to this week have been very, um, very entertaining versus educational. <laughs> um, so that's been that's been kind of fun um i have been avoiding the news for the same reasons that you've said like everybody's everybody's got an opinion about what's been going on the last week and what's going to go on going forward and you know i 
have to say out loud that I do hope even if it takes past getting Biden into the White House, I hope they impeach that motherfucker. Um, he doesn't deserve, he does not deserve to have lifetime access to everything. And I don't think people understand that. Like he's got lifetime clearance to everything if we don't impeach this stupid guy. Yeah. It's, it's just, like- it's too much to think about. <laughs> You got to think about it like this. This is a this is the situation. This is the difference between a layoff and a termination for cause. Okay, that's like in 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 employment terms, there's layoffs where you can still get your job back, and then there's termination for cause, which means you did something. You know, usually there's evidence that you did something. And they don't want you back. They want to burn the bridge. They want to salt the earth. They don't. We need to do that. Yeah. We need to salt the earth. I agree 100%. Um, I really hope genuinely that Joe Biden does have some kind of specialist come in and clear that White House. Clear Kong. I mean, that really Um, could He's a benefit. got a smart woman on his team now. I'm sure she'll tell him to do so. Hopefully. I think that we need to make sure that we put some 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 bugs in the old ears of the folks that need it because they do need a, a good smudge sesh. We need to get the the bad juju out. Um, and I you just, don't think that there's part of that, that that's part of some sort of ritual that happens with do you the think cleaning of that house. Do you think that would imply that men... Oh, no, no, no. There's been women running that White House for years. I'm talking about the staff and, like, the people who make sure that all the rituals are done through this small, and even the small rituals that they've done for hundreds of years. Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's a good question. We should should put this question to um, when we get our first interview with a White House with someone in the White House. (laughs) Do you smudge? Are there crystals? Tell me how what, do you clear the energy? How do how you do clear, clear the energy? <laughs> Great. I love it. All right. So we actually wanted to talk about a subject today because of the fact that we, I had seen an article. So, um, well, let me be clear. I saw a screenshot of an article. <laughs> I didn't read the article until today, but um, my coach Amber had posted like this article headline and I read it and my jaw dropped and I screenshotted it and I immediately sent it to Mary Letitia and said, we need to talk about this. Like this needs to be talked about. So um, the article, the headline that we read was um, U.S. economy lost 140,000 jobs in December and all of them were held by women. And we just read the article before we started the podcast because we really wanted to understand kind of what the numbers were behind that, how it was being measured, um, some of the reasons that were given and dissect this a little bit. So when I, okay, so from your perspective, obviously I said my jaw dropped. When you read that headline, what was your reaction? My heart dropped like to my stomach. It, It made me feel like we'd just taken a step backwards in time. Like it really, it was really devastating. I think because we've both been hustlers, 
in some way, shape or form and you since an even younger age, I think I hustled babysitting, but I was also like lazy <laughs> or no, I found out, found out I'm not lazy, but I think back to my teenage self and I was like, oh yeah, I didn't like kids that much. I was not very, uh, I wasn't like an engaged babysitter. I'll be honest most of the time. Um, but you know, it's, it is, it's it, for a couple of people that really have prided themselves on being a part of that workforce for so long to see that kind of step back and wonder, you know, when a pandemic happens and all of these businesses need to keep their doors open, um, A, who does it benefit? Who is benefiting from either the, the, the loss of jobs, you know, who does, these are women that don't have to be paid any longer. And a lot of times that, that can be because that, that cuts into profits at a, at a higher level. So I think of that as being one of the things that maybe I do tend to start demonizing corporations more so than I do um, some of the rules and the societal rules that make it so that we have to keep working and have to keep into that, that grind and that struggle. What are your thoughts? Well, it, it's the part of the shutdown that has, I mean, the, there were, there were nece there nece necessary evils and the shutdown was one of them because so many more people would have died. But the fact that the businesses that had to shut down and couldn't reopen, and if they could reopen, they were limited hours. They all, their entire workforces were women. We are talking about restaurants. Um, in certain states, restaurants still aren't open. I mean, 75, 90% of their workforce is women. Um, our retail, our, our I mean, the, everything that had to go from face-to-face -to, -face to online without needing the employees. And all these online retailers that could easily go, oh, well, we can still sell everything. Why? Because we have this online option and people can order it and it can be delivered. Well, do you know how many like women who can automatically shift from being a front retail salesperson to being a delivery driver? Like that's not... It's not even a, and they don't need as many delivery drivers. So it's just, it's just this entire backbone of our frontal workforce is women. And they get paid the least. They have to, they have to show up or they don't have a job in most cases. There's no healthcare, there's no sick pay. Um, and if they, if they have to be out four times for a kid, guess what? They don't have a job. Yes. So the end of the year here shows that these people had to make it. And, and I haven't even mentioned ch child care and schools moving from face to face to online and that whole workforce. And some of those ladies still get to work because they're still trying to Zoom with these kids. But on top of that, who's staying home with the kids that are Zooming at their houses? Right. Because we do see the, uh, that is not relied upon in most family structures that, that men have to stay working. And we also saw the increase in domestic violence and, you know, child abuse going up because of people being home with their kids more mm -hmm. too. So there's all these direct correlations to that. 
And, you know, in this article, it did speak to the fact that I, I do want to also mention, you know, Mary and I live in a place that um, didn't really have the same shutdown experience. So I will fully admit that our shutdown experience in many ways is not the same as a place like um, Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or, you know, any other place than some of the areas in the Midwest. Now we still got hit and we're more West than Midwest, but we still got hit. But our, our experience has not been that things have gone into lockdown. In fact, our governor is rescinding um, mask mandates and things of that nature and, and leaving it up to everybody to make their own decisions because they want to they want the state of Montana, which is where we're at to open back up and to be profitable profit and making money and, and getting people back to work. Now I do, you know, getting people back to work, that's the, the term, you know, is super, it's interesting because it's like, I don't know. I, 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 I it brings I, an emotional response because it tends to make me think that what are, what are, work for what, you know, we work for the food that we need to survive but the work that we do tends to to benefit someone, it, you know, personally benefits us, but it always tends to trickle up. That's always the, the interesting thing is the lives of the people that are at risk in healthcare industry are not the lives of the people that make money based on how full their hospitals are to capacity. Not at all. Oh, um, I, and that was another piece I wanted to talk about yesterday. And then you were like, no, save it for the podcast. <laughs> he was real, real honest about it. Um, was that there is two very different experiences happening and multiple experiences. I don't even want to say two. There is a wide range of experiences happening within the pandemic. There are people that are still working and they're very stressed out. And there are people that are not working. And I just, I think that this is where it's so interesting because when you do see it from kind of that perspective of, you know, there are these different experiences happening and that not everyone is having the same experience and that the pandemic didn't affect everyone exactly the same way. That to me, you could focus on, well, there, there's a negative, but then the, the thing that I see that I'd like to focus on is how can those people that are still working help people that are no longer working? because of the pandemic or, you know, I feel like there is, and that's maybe what we can't solve. That's the big piece we can't solve on our podcast, but that's the part I want to talk about is how do these, how do people help each other through this and do so in a way that builds and strengthens our community? We've seen so much division in the last couple of weeks and we're going to see it moving forward, but you know, I just, I'd, I'd love to really come to the table with more solutions than just uh, the ability to see the problem and see that there are two experiences and how do we not necessarily try to make them the same experience, but figure out ways to help each other. I know that there's some, there's ways that, that each, that each of those experiences can help guide the other. I just don't know how. It's the conundrum. It is, it is the, it is the pr problem. It, it is, it, there is so much division and I feel like maybe specifically from where we live, like, um, because we live in such a red place and it's, 
I don't know how to say that nicely. So that's what I'm going to say, but <clears throat> we live in a place and I will say like, to just to clarify, we live in a place that, that speaks a lot about value, value of personal freedom. Yes. And I feel like that's what, what the red States want to, but it, but the personal freedom stops at things that, that really govern our own right to personal decisions, such as, um, whether or not we, we feel comfortable with everyone around us having guns, whether or not we feel comfortable with not being, not having access to birth control or abortion, um, you know. Well, and, and I mean, everybody's in this state, I feel like everybody's personal freedoms really only come down to white motherfucking males having their personal freedoms because that's what I see. And, and that's maybe where my perspective gets very negative here is that with women losing their jobs there, <laughs> I can't imagine in my twenties, I was married and three children. And my, if my husband at the time had to work from home, um, one of us would have been dead. And, and, and I say that, and I don't mean that comically, although it did sounds funny, like, I'm not if, laughing. If you, you can't see my face, but he, I'm not laughing. If he would have, if he would have had to lose his job and we both had to stay at home with lost jobs and kids going to school, it's just, I can't imagine with his misogynistic self-absorbed, like righteous self. It, it's just, it would if if our kids had to stay home, there would have been no question. I would have had to stay home, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so it's just I feel like we are in a in 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 a place where women are even more suppressed than a lot of places. Um, but with women out of work, the other thing that immediately comes to my mind is single moms. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, I think that, again, the, the, the only security that women have in their jobs is if they are in the industry that is also currently trying to keep hundreds of thousands of millions of people from dying of a pandemic. Correct. <laughs> that, like, that's the thing. That's the trade-off is that in order to, to have a job, you have to be willing to subvert some of your own personal safety and security. Yes. And I don't know, there's employers that are letting people telecommute and all that, which is great. I mean, I, you know, more power to them. I, we know a lot of people from our previous employer that still work and are managing to do all of that from home. And, you know, it's really, I think, made a lot of great changes in that respect. But for me, and I think that this is really what's interesting is it's pointed out to us how much of those things that we've done for entertainment and leisure, when they are no longer necessary for us, they are the first things that get cut and therefore, you know, what, like I thought about bowling alleys because I read something and I actually screenshotted it because it was so funny. I like to send my dad funny screenshot. He, a lot of the meme accounts that I follow, I can't send memes from them, but I think I, it was something about like, do you remember when we used to stick our fingers inside of bowling balls and then eat wings and like, <laughs> our fingers and stuff? And I thought about it and it blew my mind. And I was like, yeah, bowling alleys. Who's going to bowling alleys right now? 
you know, who's, and, and, and it breaks my heart because those are things that we may not get back. Were they necessary in the first place? How much of our leisure and how much of all of those things were made out of necessity for people to not have to do some things for themselves? I mean, that's kind of, we've, we've created that culture of fast food. I was, I did like watch that thing about how fast food really was something that became new because after World War II, people had money and they had disposable income. You know, we were on a kind of a bounce back and more, more and more places opened up that you could just go and get, someone would make your food for you. Like you, you didn't have to be a rich person to go eat at a restaurant all of a sudden and families could, could go and have burgers and it was affordable. And all of that, you know, when you think about it, it was all of this drive to not have to do things for ourselves that kind of built our culture and our industries up to where they were. So I don't know, for me, it's kind of, I've got that weird, I'm always like weirdly looking at, maybe we'll go back to somewhat an agrarian society where we grow some of our own shit and have to learn to do some things for ourselves. I don't know. Maybe I'm living a little house on the prairie dream that will never come true again. Oh my goodness. I've been looking at self-sustaining backyards. Mm. I think there's enough room in this backyard to make it a self-sustaining backyard. <laughs> that would be, I actually, my, another gal I follow on Instagram, she's doing like big, almost like um, <clears throat> they're big like mounds and they're, mounds that that you grow things like up the mound and mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it was pretty like pretty incredible I'd never heard of that before but I didn't so, really know it about myself but I've been I've been doomsday prepping my entire life so I am ready to go back to Little House on the Prairie not Mad Max if I get to choose no. I'm, I'm choosing Little House <laughs> and Little Women and not Mad Max <laughs> um, you know, we each come from, from our perspectives too, is, you know, Mary and I both have kind of differing situations. Just like I said, we're all coming at this from different perspectives of Mary has continued to work the entire pandemic, running her own business. And I went from a full-time job working for an online retailer and said, I'm miserable and I don't want to keep doing this thing that's making me miserable. So I made it a goal <clears throat> to be gone by the time I turned 40. And let me tell you, manifesting that goal last year was pretty incredible and kind of made me think maybe I just unlocked some, some pretty cool shit by following through on something that I knew was, was the right decision for me, even though it felt scary. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we each, <laughs> we each, agree on so many things. And, and I think that that's, what's kind of cool is that we may not agree on how we're going to get there all the time, but we both see a lot of value in, I think, becoming more self-sustainable, helping women become more self-sustainable. That actually is a really cool idea too. Is I, I, yeah, absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but no, no, go just for said it. Something that immediately was like, that is where I feel our passion really lies is We've watched people change careers and sometimes do really scary things, um, but ultimately watching women become self-sustainable, be able to run their own business and be successful at it is just one of the most exciting things. Um, 
So I really hope that we get an opportunity to help a lot more women this year, Um, especially women who have been displaced or who have to now find something that they can do from home. There's just so many options and everybody's got that hidden magical talent that they are not exploring yet. So and because they've told themselves it can't make the money. I think that's the biggest Correct. thing is so many people because we've been told that if it doesn't make money, it's not viable. And it's so interesting how many people have some of the most amazing um, things have come about from people that that took their talent and said, maybe this isn't viable. <laughs> maybe this won't make me money, but I'll be damned if I'm not going to do it and 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 enjoy it. And that's when they actually kind of start seeing an interest. Like I, I have a wonderful friend. I'm going to mention her. her name is Amanda joy. She be, she's been going to college now for a couple of years. Um, many years, probably more so because I think there's, she's on that path where she started maybe at one point got off of it, came back to it. Um, she's been incredible to watch and she started like a printing business for herself using all of the techniques and tools and screen printing that she was learning in college. Um, and, it's just incredible. I think it's so amazing to be able to see someone take something that's like art is her passion. And yet she can actually turn that into art is something that I can make money doing, you know, when I, when I make it and I offer it to people, I just think that's incredible. I think it really is. I'm really, I have my two girls at home and I'm really hoping that I can with Michaela really beat the fact out of her because she's such a, book oriented like school knowledge they really do beat it into them in some ways that they have to go into society to make to make their money and i'm like no like you have this amazing graphic design and art ability she's going to business school because she thinks that she has to have that in order to make this her career and i just keep encouraging her she started painting again and it's so good it, it's like she's been pent up for about three years and it's so good and i'm like you could be making prints of these things and selling them online right this second like without a doubt yep she could but I, if for some reason she just can't like and, and i don't know I'm, I'm still working on it. I think oh, your sister and I yeah. will, will make it happen eventually. <laughs> that is like, I think one of the most difficult things is seeing other people. That's I, seriously one of the, the hardest parts of being a coach on any level is seeing potential in others and wanting, like wanting to tap it like a keg. Mm-hmm. And it, but then you find out that you didn't, you don't have the tap. Like uh, I think all we do as coaches is, we're always just trying to see if we can find the right tap for the right cake. <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. It's absolutely true. And I, and I don't drink. So I, I think it's hilarious that this is the analogy that I come up with. <laughs> tapping. I mean, really, even when you don't drink, the analogy tapping the keg is always going to work. Yeah. I, I not only worked through the entire pandemic, our business actually, um, we had a, an initial slump, but we actually got busier. I, I was able to add employees to my employee base. Um, but honestly, it's the hardest part about running the business that I run is that keeping good employees um, based on pay grade and business needs and everything else. Um, and I wish and I've tried to make my job opportunities more appealable to women because honestly 
a woman taxi driver makes way more than a man taxi driver any day of the week. Um, and, but unfortunately it is kind of a male dominated industry and everybody thinks that you have to be some sort of mm, to be able to do that. So I am proud to say that at the end of the year, I had more employees than when the pandemic, uh, struck. So I was able to increase that. Um, but I, I did just hire a new woman on my workforce and I'd say we are, I wish that we were closer to 50, 50, but again, it's just such a male dominated industry and opening that up to a female work base has been, has been more difficult than I expected. Well, I think that you saw it is like I've I, being, I'd gone in yesterday to see you at work and I saw, you know, when your female work base really has to be of a certain age that their children have to be self-minding. That's mm -hmm. also the thing is that you, a lot of women, I don't know, I wouldn't recommend putting a daycare on site, but I mean, you do have the space. You could put it, see if somebody wants to come in and watch kids next door, but um, literally just came to my mind as you were talking about that. I'm like, I wonder if well, I do have the space and I have those toys there. And, and honestly, um, you know, one of my employees' kids come in at least two of her three days. It's so crazy because we, we hired her because her and her co-parent work opposite shifts for us. So he works, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, she works Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because that's how they co-parent their kids. <laughs> Turns out dad has a little bit more of a rough time co-parenting all by himself than he expected. So he shows up and I'm like, Sam, you gotta take these kids home. Like, aren't you guys supposed to be doing your weekend thing? <laughs> but I get it is it. what it is. You know, um, I love that they're such good co-parents and not being together. They're, they're really working hard to do that. And I love that I get to provide them an area where they can bring their kids. And, you know, if, if the, if it gets tough on one of them, they have each other to, to support each other. So exactly. I, I do, I do appreciate um, that I can provide some sort of comforting environment for them. So. I see that but you're right. so much of what you do is that you try to give people an experience that was very contrary to the negative experience that you had. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's so true. It's very true. And you're right. As far as the drivers go, it is, it is because the driving work is so demanding and so less flexible, even though you'd think it'd be more flexible and I'm trying to create it to be more flexible. But right. Um, the, the women that drive do have to be of a certain age or not have children because it really is one of those um, demanding industries way more well, than I Yeah. And it's in, I mean, it's a weird problem to have where you can be too attractive for the job that you want to do and then be bothered by that during the job. So I'm like, you know, that would be my thing is it's not that I wouldn't be able to fend off any weird advances or anything, but I think it would just be kind of be like a weird, like, oh, always kind of wondering if this is going to be a weird one. Is this going to be a creeper? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, anytime I think about this uh, because I, I see so many gas, gas station attendants in, in my driving days, you know what I mean? And so many yeah. gas station attendants are also women. And I think about that, like it's the same scenario or bartenders or casino attendants, you know, all these industries of women where yes, being too attractive can be a problem. And we um, trade off. It's a trade off for us. We have to make money. We just deal with it. Yeah. Um, but that is part of the issue. Like I, I feel like it's one of the reasons that 
Josh didn't want me to drive. Um, and it's one of the only couple times that I did have issues with somebody in the cab was, you know, are you married? Will you go on a date? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you need to get out my cab. Like, get the fuck out. We're done here, son. Move. <laughs> but I'm a bitch and I can do that. So I know. Um, I love that you have yeah. that like inner, just like, just a no nonsense. And that's the thing. I'm so much nonsense, I think, some of the time. <laughs> That I, I like it. I can appreciate and honor other people for being no nonsense. Well, I feel like we've filled a lot of time today. And I think really that we've have. had a really great conversation around. Did you, I'm, I, I'm so sorry for interrupting you again. No. But did you want to mention something about MLMs? Oh, well, I did have that as there as being something that, you know, from my perspective, I think that a lot of women in the space of needing to work from home are going to really lean into things like, what can I do from home? And there are so many different opportunities out there. And, you know, I think that that's kind of the thing is there is so much saturation in the market. I also very proudly represent an MLM and love what I do with them, um, which is Beachbody. And so it's, it's kind of like in saying, I'm not saying specifically Beachbody, there are so many things that are out there, but just that there is a lot of opportunity right now. And I know that personally for me, I really had to find out with human design that, that a lot of those MLM opportunities were not necessarily ones that I could work the same way as most people do. And that was really a big thing. So if you get really skeeved out by, by the idea of an MLM, but you're really like, Oh my gosh, I would still really just like to be able to see. I, I, I there are definitely a lot out there. Nothing should require you to continue to keep pouring money into something in order to be able to keep making money. So I would say like, that's a big, big red flag for me is anything where you have to set up. Now Beachbody does have like auto ship stuff, but if I chose not to get something in a month, it would, it would, it, I have that option and I don't have to get something every single month, but there are companies that are requiring people to buy, you know, products and hundreds of dollars of products every single month. And I just say, it's, you know, be, very aware of what the what the actual all-in cost would be to stay within some of those MLM structures. Some are definitely better than others. And if anything is telling you how much money you can make on a bonus first thing, tuck tail, turn the other way and run. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that that's a good opportunity for a lot of women. And there are markets that are oversaturated, but I think you just gave the, the right advice as far as that goes. Um, well, I think it, it, run if they promise bonuses. If it's just a product, and that's what I will say I love, love, love about Beachbody is that the products themselves are what they are. But the, the people that do it, the coaches, that's where we get to be as individual as we want to be. Everything about it is our personality, what we bring to the table. That's what really makes it an independent business for someone is how much they're really willing to give people in value for their time. Um, and that's what lights me up. That's what I love about it is, you know, just being able to have like a position of leadership without it being something where I also have any power. <laughs> I can't have power. <laughs> we know it. I am definitely like Anakin Skywalker. I, I, I'm great until you give me a little power. And then, I, <laughs> then I go crazy. I can handle the power. I'm no yeah. You have the power. I'll have, I'll just have the influence. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm glad if you managed to make it through to the end, we'd love to hear any feedback you have. You can actually email us. Um, our email address currently is marysmentors at gmail.com. All, all one word, no apostrophes. And um, anything you want to say to close, Miss Mary Letitia? Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Mary's Mentors. Um, and no, I'm I'm glad we got number two done. Boom! All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. And may your days be merry and bright. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.